This morning, coming from Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 40, a leper came to him begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country. And people came to him from every quarter. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, I've recently been reading a book about Mother Teresa. It tells that often when she was speaking in public, she would speak of that moment when she moved from feeling God calling her to be a Roman Catholic school administrator to being one of the sisters in the Missionaries of Charity. She would say, if I had passed by when I saw and smelt that woman who was eaten up by rats, her face, her legs, her feet. But I returned, picked her up, and took her to a hospital. If I had not, the society would have died. Feelings of repugnance are human but if i see the face of jesus in his most distressing disguise i will be holy the key was seeing christ in those whom she served mother Teresa would say we should see god in each other this is what jesus taught us Love one another. You did it to me. The small thing, you did it to me, Jesus said. Our story today from Mark's gospel is an example of the kind of action that is taken when seeing God in another. Now Mark tells us that Jesus has begun this preaching tour. He's traveling around, telling people about the good news, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near, telling them to repent and believe in this good news that the kingdom of God has come near. And then as he's traveling around, Mark says, a leper came to him begging him and kneeling. He said to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. If you choose, you can make me clean. Now, I don't know that any of us here have the gift of physical healing, but I think there are, there are some spiritual insights in this passage beyond the physical healing that could speak to each and every one of us about the power of faith and the importance of our choices and what God can do when we choose for good or for God. I think it's in the words of the leper. If you choose, 
If you choose, you can. If you choose, you can make a difference for God. If you choose, you can make a difference for good depending on your choices. But it's so important for all of us to remember we have a choice. In fact, we have a lifetime of choices to make. But if we have made a choice to be a follower of Christ, then that dictates or directs us in terms of some other choices that we can be making which open the door for the power of faith to be activated. Think about a young person who's considering their future, pondering their future. What are they going to do with their lives? Really, it could be anybody thinking about their future. If they offer their lives to God, no telling how many people's lives will be changed. God may be calling you to go into full-time ministry. That's one way to respond to God's call, to be a pastor or a youth minister or a missionary. But that's not the only choice for God. If you've gone into law, then you can make a choice for good and for God in your law practice or in your medical practice or in your business. You can do it in a warehouse or in a manufacturing plant, in your neighborhood, in your social club. Throughout our lives, we have choices to make, and it makes a difference how we choose. Have you thought about your choices? What are your commitments? What's most important? How are you living out your life? Is it really in line with your values and your faith? Or have you allowed some of your choices to distract you and lead you astray and lead you in a different direction? If you choose, you can. I've been thinking about all the choices we make as a church. I began thinking about What would happen if we would all tithe? This is the time of year where our finance committee and our budget committee are working on our budget for next year. And of course, there's always new ideas for ministry, other needs to meet that we wish we had more money to finance, but we always have to make choices. But I began to think about the choices we all make. Research indicates that most United Methodists in the United States give about 2% of their income to God through the church. So I was thinking, 2%? What if it were 10? We'd have to multiply our giving by 5. Last year, we gave together just over $3,200,000. So if you take that five times... 3,200,000, that equals $16,000,000. What might God do through us if we were that generous, if we made available that many resources? How many lives would be changed? What problems would be solved? Where might we see God at work in our life and in the life of the church If we all decided to follow that biblical model of giving 10% of our income. This passage says, if you choose, you can. I can hardly imagine what God might do through us. Oh, I'd like to imagine it. $16 million for mission and ministry. If you choose, 
You can, this passage says. If you choose, you can, the leopard said to Jesus. Jesus responds in verse 41. Mark writes it like this. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. I do choose. Be made clean. Jesus sees this need of this man who's come, and he chooses to respond in the affirmative. I do choose, Jesus says. Be made clean. There was a song when I was doing full-time youth ministry years ago that came out that was called, Open the Eyes of My Heart. It was really a prayer to God. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I think that's what this passage is talking about. Jesus sees not only a leper, but a man in need, a child of God, someone whose life he can change by his choice. Open the eyes of our heart. So that we can see you in our friends and in our neighbors and in strangers and in those we pass. The song really raises the question, just as this passage does, can we see the needs all around us? Can we see the needs all around us in our busyness of our lives? Do we see the needs or do we just pass on by? Do we have the eyes of faith to see that it's a gospel-hungry world all around us. That's what I'm asking you to contemplate all this month is to see if we can begin to recognize that it's a gospel-hungry world out there and how God might use us to feed those who are hungry. I've been referencing Dr. Amy Oden's new book, God's Welcome. She writes around these four marks of what she calls gospel hospitality we've already talked about readiness and risk the third mark we examine today is recognition recognition listen to a few of the sentences she writes about this she says recognition is more than just seeing recognition is seen deeply seen beyond what appears to be when we recognize strangers as jesus we too see beyond appearances. Gospel hospitality is marked by such recognition. She goes on to describe how this works in our everyday lives. She writes this, The longing for recognition, to be seen for our deepest, truest selves, is always just below the surface of appearances. When a harried young mother is at odds with her child in the grocery checkout line, but the cashier talks to her as the loving, committed mother she is, the mother feels valued. When an unemployed man shows up for an interview and the interviewer sees him as the capable, employable man he is, the man is appreciated. We all know the pain of not being seen for who we truly are, of being labeled and then dismissed. That's why it is so powerful to see ourselves or others through God's eyes. 
That is the truest recognition and the deepest welcome of all. When we see people in categories, young black man, tattooed teenager, soccer mom, old white guy, we too easily miss the truth that each brings Christ if we but have eyes to see. But if we have eyes to see. Dr. Leonard Sweet is a biblical scholar and theologian, seminary president. He's written a whole slew of books. But I got to see him speak a time or two. And on one of those occasions, he was talking about how he thinks we respond best as Christians and as followers of Christ when we're living our faith out in the world. He says he thinks the best way to do that is to be in touch with the culture around us, but in tune with the Spirit. In touch with the culture around us, but in tune with the Spirit. So in touch with the people and the places, the activities, the problems and the needs, the obstacles of everything going on around us, but then as disciples making sure that we're in tune with God's Spirit. He says that's when we best respond. That's when we are best at living out our faith. The leper says to Jesus, if you choose, you can make me clean. Mark says that Jesus responds, I do choose, be made clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he was made clean. Our choice opens the door for the power of God to work through us. Our choice opens that door. Our choices make a difference. Mark tells us that Jesus is on this preaching tour and the way he begins the sermons is like this. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Jesus is trying to convince people around him that the kingdom of God is near, that the presence of God is available, that the power of God is ready to work. It's hovering around us just waiting for us to make a choice and when we do, the power of God moves through us. That the power of God surges through us when we make those choices. Mother Teresa's witness is that when she was walking along the streets of Calcutta and she saw this poor woman in the gutter eaten up by rats that she could have kept going like everyone else. But something stirred within her and she stopped. And then she turned around and went back and picked up the woman and took her to the hospital. She says if she hadn't stopped, the missionaries of charity would have never been born. She said it would have shut the door on God's spirit being able to move in that moment. But once she responded, then the power of God moved through her and started a whole new movement. 
But if she had kept going on, she says, that would have taken the wind out of the sails. That would have quenched the spirit. That would have been an opportunity missed for God and for good. She tells another story in the book about a six-year-old boy that she found laying in the street, dying of starvation, that she picked up and took back to one of their homes. She said, oh, you could see the pain of hunger in this little boy's eyes. But she said, I hope you see more than that. Because there's not only the pain of hunger in that little boy, but his eyes are crying out for understanding love, for someone to have enough compassion to stop and to notice and to reach out and to touch him, to help him. She said, oh, he was hungry for a piece of bread. But he has a deeper hunger for a word from God, for a touch from God, for the love of God to come pouring out through one of us. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we might see you. Dr. Lovett Weems, who's a United Methodist author, seminary president, now works at a research center back in Washington, D.C. He says one of the important questions for churches to ask is, who is missing? When we gather together for worship, who lives in our community that is missing from our church? Who is underserved? Who is in need? Who have we overlooked? Questions that we all must answer as individuals, but also questions we must answer as a church. A couple of our newer ministries are trying to respond to that kind of question. Our Sistema Tulsa Orchestra that I've already mentioned this morning is one of those ministries reaching out to children. Just 10 days ago, they came pouring into our Jubilee Hall for the first time, bright and shining faces of all these 4th and 5th graders, eager, eyes as big as saucers, wondering what was going to happen in this place. Oh, they walked into this big room wondering, where are the instruments? They were ready to go. Now, just 10 days later, they've all had opportunity to try every instrument, and they've been assigned an instrument, and they're beginning to play. I heard their first notes. If you were in the building Thursday or Friday, you would have heard their first notes. I wouldn't exactly say it's music yet, but they're making notes. They're beginning this journey of commitment, of discipline, of teamwork, of working together to become something bigger than they've probably ever been a part of. Or I think of our compassion ministry, offering a meal and a worship experience for those struggling with mental illness or in transition for another reason. For anybody who wants to be a part of a body of Christ, worshiping in an informal setting. Shortly after I came, some people from Boston Avenue were meeting with a number of other organizations from around Tulsa, talking about the needs in our community and who was meeting which needs and what else needed to happen. And one of the needs that came up was this community of people 
struggling with mental health issues. And the question that was raised was, who will serve them? Those who've been studying it were saying that most churches do not welcome them, do not want them in their midst, do not want them in their building, are too fearful to offer them an invitation to be a part of their body of Christ. Well, after some prayer and discussion, some discernment, there were a group of Boston Avenues who said, we can do that. We will do that. We can invite them in. We will eat with them. We can worship together. We can participate in Holy Communion with any and all who want to come. We can do that with God's help. And in fact, we are. The leper said, if you choose, you can. If you choose, you can. I think it's a great sign that a church that's 122 years old is willing to step out in some new mission and ministry endeavors to reach out to some people that have not been invited before and welcome them into this part of the body of Christ and say, be a brother and sister with us in this part of the body of Christ. I think it's a great way to proclaim what Jesus was saying on that preaching tour that Mark tells us about. The kingdom of God has come near. Amen. And thanks be to God.